Welcome to the doctrine of justification by faith through the imputation of the righteousness of Christ, explained, confirmed, and vindicated by Dr. John Owen. We are continuing to read from page 21 for this reading. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more at great discounts, are on the web at www.swrb.com. Also, please consider, pray, and act upon the importance found in the following quotation by Charles Spurgeon. As the Apostle says to Timothy, so also he says to everyone, Give yourself to reading. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Renounce as much as you will all light literature, but study as much as possible sound theological works, especially the Puritanic writers and expositions of the Bible. The best way for you to spend your leisure is to be either reading or praying. And now, to SWRB's reading of the Doctrine of Justification by Faith, which we hope you will find to be a great blessing, and which we pray draws you nearer to the Lord Jesus Christ, for He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. John 14, verse 6. Against such as these, the doctrine of justification may be defended, as we are obliged to contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints, and as the mouths of gainsayers are to be stopped, but to endeavor their satisfaction in it, whilst they are under the power of such apprehensions, is a vain attempt. As our Savior said unto them, unto whom he had declared the necessity of regeneration, If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? So may we say, if men will not believe those things, whereof it would be marvelous, but that the reason of it is known, that they have not an undeniable evidence and experience in themselves, how can they believe those heavenly mysteries, which respect a supposition of that within themselves, which they will not acknowledge. Hence, some are so far from any concernment in a perfect righteousness to be imputed unto them, as that they boast of a perfection in themselves. So did the Pelagians of old glory in a sinless perfection in the sight of God, even when they were convinced of sinful miscarriages in the sight of men, as they are charged by Jerome and by Austin. Such persons are not non-English words. Whilst men have no sense in their own hearts and consciences of the spiritual disorder of their souls, of the secret continual acting of sin with deceit and violence, obstructing all that is good, promoting all that is evil, defiling all that is done by them through the lusting of the flesh against the Spirit, as contrary unto it. Though no outward perpetration of sin or actual omission of duty do ensue thereon, 
who are not engaged in a constant watchful conflict against the first motions of sin, unto whom they are not the greatest burden and sorrow in this life, causing them to cry out for deliverance from them? Who can despise those who make acknowledgments in their confession unto God of their sense of these things, with the guilt wherewith they are accompanied? They will, with an assured confidence, reject and condemn what is offered about justification through the obedience and righteousness of Christ imputed to us. For no man will be so fond as to be solicitous of a righteousness that is not his own, who has at home in a readiness that which is his own, which will serve in his turn. It is, therefore, the ignorance of these things alone that can delude men into an apprehension of their justification before God by their own personal righteousness. For if they were acquainted with them, they would quickly discern such an imperfection in the best of their duties, such a frequency of sinful irregularities in their minds and disorders in their affections, such an unsuitableness in all that they are and do from the inward frames of their hearts unto all their outward actions, unto the greatness and holiness of God, as would abate their confidence in placing any trust in their own righteousness for their justification. By means of these and the like presumptuous conceptions of unenlightened minds, the consciences of men are kept off from being affected with a due sense of sin and a serious consideration how they may obtain acceptance before God. Neither the consideration of the holiness or terror of the Lord, nor the severity of the law, as it indispensably requires a righteousness in compliance with its commands, nor the promise of the gospel, declaring and tendering a righteousness, the righteousness of God, in answer whereunto, nor the uncertainty of their own minds upon trials and surprisals, as having no stable ground of peace to anchor on, nor the constant secret disquietments of their consciences, if not seared or hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, can prevail with them whose thoughts are prepossessed with such slight conceptions of the state and art of sin, to fly for refuge unto the only hope that is set before them, or really and distinctly to comport with the only way of deliverance and salvation. Wherefore, if we would either teach or learn the doctrine of justification in a due manner, a clear apprehension of the greatness of our apostasy from God, a due sense of the guilt of sin, a deep experience of its power, all with respect unto the holiness and law of God, are necessary unto us. We have nothing to do in this matter with men who, through the fever of pride, have lost the understanding of their own miserable condition. Non-English words. The whole need not a physician, but the sick. Those who are pricked into the heart for sin and cry out, What shall we do to be saved? will understand what we have to say. Against others, we must defend the truth as God shall enable. And it may be made good by all sorts of instances that, as men rise in their notions about the extenuation of sin, so they fall in their regard unto the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
And it is no less true also, on the other hand, as unbelief works in men a disesteem of the person and righteousness of Christ, they are cast inevitably to seek for countenance unto their own consciences in the extenuation of sin. So insensibly are the minds of men diverted from Christ and seduced to place their confidence in themselves. Some confused respect they have unto him, as a relief they know not how nor wherein, but they live in that pretended height of human wisdom to trust to themselves. So they are instructed to do by the best of the philosophers, non-English words. Hence also is the internal sanctifying grace of God among many equally despised with the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. The sum of their faith and of their arguments in the confirmation of it is given by the learned Roman orator and philosopher. Non-English words. Fourthly, opposition between works and grace as unto justification. Method of the apostle in the epistle to the Romans to manifest his opposition. A scheme of others contrary thereunto. Testimonies witnessing this opposition. Judgment to be made on them. Distinctions whereby they are evaded. The uselessness of them. Resolution of the case in hand by Bellarmine, Daniel chapter 9 verse 18, Luke chapter 17 verse 10. Fourthly, the opposition that the scripture makes between grace and works in general with the exclusion of the one and the assertion of the other in our justification deserves a previous consideration. The opposition intended is not made between grace and works or our own obedience as unto their essence, nature, and consistency in the order and method of our salvation, but only with respect unto our justification. I do not design herein to plead any particular testimonies of Scripture as unto their special sense, or declaration of the mind of the Holy Ghost in them, which will afterward be with some diligence inquired into, but only to take a view which way the eye of the Scripture guides our apprehensions, and what compliance there is in our own experience with that guidance. The principal seat of this doctrine, as will be confessed with by all, is in the epistles of Paul unto the Romans and Galatians, whereunto that also to the Hebrews may be added. But in that unto the Romans it is most eminently declared, for therein it is handled by the apostle ex professo at large, and that both doctrinally and in the way of controversy with them by whom the truth was opposed. And it is worth our considerations what process he makes towards the decoration of it, and what the principles he proceeds upon therein. He lays it down as the fundamental maxim, which he would proceed upon, or as a general thesis, including the substance of what he designed to explain and prove, that in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by Faith, Romans chapter 1, verse 17. All sorts of men who had any knowledge of God and themselves were then, as they must always be, inquiring 
and in one degree or another laboring after righteousness. For this they looked on, and that justly, as the only means of an advantageous relation between God and themselves. Neither had the generality of men any other thoughts, but that this righteousness must be their own, inerrant in them, and performed by them. As Romans chapter 10 verse 3. For as this is the language of a natural conscience and of the law, and suited unto all philosophical notions concerning the nature of righteousness, so whatever testimony was given of another kind in the law and the prophets, such as the testimony is given unto a righteousness of God without the law, chapter 3, verse 21, there was a veil upon it, as to the understanding of all sorts of men, as, therefore, the righteousness is that which all men seek after, and cannot but seek after, who design or desire acceptance with God. So it is in vain to inquire of the law of natural conscience, of philosophical reason, after any righteousness, but what consists in inerrant habits and acts of our own. Neither law, nor natural conscience, nor reason do know any other, but in opposition unto this righteousness of our own, and the necessity thereof, testified unto by the law in its primitive constitution, by the natural light of conscience, and the apprehension of the nature of things by reason, the apostle declares that in the gospel there is revealed another righteousness, which is also the righteousness of another, the righteousness of God, and that from faith to faith. For not only is the righteousness itself revealed alien from those other principles, but also the manner of our participation of it, or its communication unto us from faith to faith, the faith of God and revelation and our faith and the acceptation of it, being only here concerned, is an eminent revelation. Righteousness of all things should rather seem to be from works unto works, from the work of grace in us to the works of obedience done by us, as the papists affirm. No, says the apostle, it is from faith to faith, whereof afterward. This is the general thesis the apostle proposes unto confirmation, and he seems therein to exclude from justification everything but the righteousness of God and the faith of believers. And to this purpose he considers all persons that did or might pretend unto righteousness or seek after it, and all ways and means whereby they hoped to attain unto it, or whereby it might most probably be obtained, declaring the failing of all persons, and the insufficiency of all means, as unto them for the obtaining a righteousness of our own before God. And as unto persons, number one, he considers the Gentiles, with all their notions of God, their practice in religious worship, with their conversation thereon, and from the whole of what might be observed amongst them, he concludes that they neither were nor could be justified before God, but that they were all, and most deservedly, obnoxious unto the sentence of death. And whatever men may discourse concerning the justification and salvation of any without the revelation 
of the righteousness of God by the gospel from faith to faith. It is expressly contradictory to his whole discourse. Chapter 1 from verse 19 to the end. Number two, he considers the Jews who enjoyed the written law and the privileges wherein it was accompanied, especially that of circumcision, which was the outward seal of God's covenant. And on many considerations, with many arguments, he excludes them also from any possibility of obtaining justification before God by any of the privileges they enjoyed or their own compliance wherewithal. Chapter 2. And both sorts he excludes distinctly from this privilege of righteousness before God with this one argument that both of them sinned openly against that which they took for the rule of their righteousness. Namely, the Gentiles against the light of nature and the Jews against the law, which it inevitably follows that none of them could attain unto righteousness of their own rule. But he proceeds farther unto that which is common to them all. And, number three, he proves the same against all sorts of persons, whether Jews or Gentiles, from the consideration of the universal deprivation of nature in them all and the horrible effects that necessarily ensue thereon in the hearts and lives of men. Chapter 3 so evidencing that as they all were, so it could not fall out, but that all must be shut up under sin and come short of righteousness. So, from persons, he proceeds to things or means of righteousness. And, number four, because the law was given of God immediately as the whole and only rule of our obedience unto him, and the works of the law are therefore all that is required of us. These may be pleaded with some pretense, as those whereby we may be justified. Wherefore, in particular, he considers the nature, use, and end of the law, manifesting its utter insufficiency to be a means of our justification before God. Chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Number 5. It may be yet objected that the law and its works may be thus insufficient, as it is obeyed by unbelievers in the state of nature, without the aids of grace administered in the promise. But with respect unto them who are regenerate and do believe, whose faith and works are accepted with God, it may be otherwise. To obviate this objection, he gives an instance in two of the most eminent believers under the Old Testament, namely David and Abraham, declaring that all works, whatever were excluded in and from their justification. Chapter 4. On these principles, and by this gradation, he peremptorily concludes that all and every one of the sons of men, as unto anything that is in themselves, or can be done by them, or be wrought in them, are guilty before God, obnoxious unto death, shut up under sin, and have their mouths so stopped as to be depraved of all pleas in their own excuse, that they had no righteousness wherewith to appear before God, and that all the ways and means whence they expected it were insufficient unto that purpose. 
hereon, he proceeds with his inquiry how men may be delivered from this condition and come to be justified in the sight of God. And in the resolution hereof, he makes no mention of anything in themselves, but only faith, whereby we receive the atonement. That whereby we are justified, he says, is the righteousness of God, which is by the faith of Christ Jesus, or that we are justified freely by grace through the redemption that is in him. Chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And not content here with this answer unto the inquiry how lost convinced sinners may come to be justified before God, namely, that it is by the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith by grace by the blood of Christ as he is set forth for a propitiation he immediately proceeds unto a positive exclusion of everything in and of ourselves that might pretend unto an interest herein, as that which is inconsistent with the righteousness of God as revealed in the gospel and witnessed unto by the law and the prophets. How contrary to their scheme of divinity is unto this design of the apostle and his management of it, who affirm that before the law men were justified by obedience unto the light of nature, and some particular revelations made unto them in things of their own especial private concernment, and that after the giving of the law they were so by obedience unto God according to the directions thereof, as also that the heathen might obtain the same benefit in compliance with the dictates of reason, cannot be contradicted by any who have not a mind to be contentious. Answerable unto this declaration of the mind of the Holy Ghost herein by the Apostle is the constant tenor of the Scripture speaking to the same purpose. The grace of God, the promise of mercy, the free pardon of sin, the blood of Christ, His obedience, and the righteousness of God in Him, rested in and received by faith, are everywhere asserted as the causes and means of our justification in opposition to anything in ourselves so expressed as it uses to express the best of our obedience and the utmost of our personal righteousness. Wherever mention is made of the duties, obedience, and personal righteousness of the best of men with respect unto their justification, they are all renounced by them and they betake themselves unto sovereign grace and mercy alone. Some places to this purpose may be recounted. The foundation of the whole is laid in the first promise, wherein the destruction of the work of the devil by the suffering of the seed of the woman is proposed as the only relief for sinners and the only means of the recovery of the favor of God. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 And Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions and all their sins putting them upon the head of the goat and the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. Leviticus chapter 16, 
verses 21 and 22. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Psalms 71, verse 16. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayst be feared. Psalms 130, verses 3 and 4. Enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Psalms 143, verse 2. Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust. Job chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them, I would burn them together, or let him take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. Isaiah 27, verses 4 and 5. Surely shall one say, In the Lord have I righteousness and strength. In the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified, and shall glory. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 24 and 25. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 6 and 11. This is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, verse 6. But ye are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. He shall finish the transgression, and make an end of sins, and make reconciliation for iniquity, and bring in everlasting righteousness. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John chapter 1, verse 12. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Acts chapter 13 verses 38 and 39. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Acts chapter 26 verse 18. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, 
to declare at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Romans chapter 3, verses 24 to 28. For if Abraham were justified by works, he has wherefore to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scriptures? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. To him that worketh not, but believe on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Romans chapter 4 verses 2 to 8. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Chapter 5 Verses 15 to 19. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. Chapter 10, verse 4. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Chapter 11, verse 6. But of him are ye in Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 
For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Chapter 3, verse 11 to 13. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. And nine, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Titus chapter three, verse seven. Once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 26 and 28. Having by himself purged our sins. Chapter 1 verse 3. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Chapter 5 verse 14. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Wherefore, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. These are some of the places which at present occur to remembrance, wherein the scripture represents unto us the grounds, causes, and reasons of our acceptation with God, the especial import of many of them, and the evidence of truth that is in them will be afterwards considered. Here we take only a general view of them, and everything in and of ourselves under any consideration whatever seems to be excluded from our justification before God, faith alone accepted, whereby we receive His grace and the atonement. And, on the other side, 
the whole of our acceptation with him seems to be assigned unto grace, mercy, the obedience and blood of Christ, in opposition unto our own worth and righteousness, or our own works and obedience. And I cannot suppose that the soul of a convinced sinner, if not presupposed with prejudice, will, in general, not judge amiss whether of these things that are set in opposition one to the other, he should betake himself unto, that he may be justified. This Reformation audio resource is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. Many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, CDs, and much more, at great discounts, are on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780-450-3730, by fax at 780-468-1096, or by mail at 4710-37A Avenue, Edmonton, AB, Canada, T6L3. If you do not have a web connection, please request a free printed catalog. If you do have a web connection and would like to be added to our email list, please send an email to add at swrb.com or swrb at swrb.com with the word add in the subject line. SWRB's email list is a double opt-in list. So once you've sent us your email address, you'll be asked by email to confirm that you want to join our list using the email address you have supplied. Your email information will be kept confidential, and you can easily remove yourself from our email list by simply emailing us at swrb at swrb.com with the word remove in the subject line. Once you are on our email list, you will be alerted to all the free Reformation resources, free MP3s, free electronic books and texts, etc., that SWRB makes available on the web, as well as, at times, to our best discounts and super specials. We also encourage you to reproduce this audio resource and to pass it on to your friends. But we only authorize this as long as the full contents of the message including the header and trailer, is not altered in any way, and as long as the audio file or cassette is given away for free. Thank you again for listening to this SWRB reading. And remember that Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 states, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. And 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 concludes, Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you.